Your time now, 22 minutes to 12. Kino with you all the way through until midday. And we are chatting tech. Tech made easy, as a matter of fact, with the co-founder of Plainspeak, Alistair Fairweather. How are you, Squire? Are you doing well? Wait, hold on, hold on. We first push the button. This is the problem with tech, and it's not made simple. Okay, there you go. Alistair Fairweather, Thank good you. to have you on, sir. Yeah, good to be here. So let's talk about, I mean, you, you want to talk about these digital credit cards, right? Uh, or yep, these digital cards, cards yeah. virtual, virtual, are they virtual credit cards? Because I know yes, I've got yeah. a virtual card from FNB, and um, yes. And I've I've checked it out. I mean, it's 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 nice to have if you're going to be uh, transacting online. But let's let's talk about it. Let me not take away from the conversation here. Sure. So the idea is uh, is simple, but in some ways uh, revolutionary for for people who are worried about um, security. So what the bank or other issuer does is they uh, issue a credit card which exists only uh, in digital format, uh, usually via the app. So it's secure. And it has a, it has all of the properties of a credit card except for the physicality. So it has mm. a, a full credit card number, the 16 digits. It has uh, an expiry date, usually like far in the, in the future. Yeah. And it has, uh, most importantly, it has a CVV number. Now, mm. what makes them different, apart from not having the actual card, is mm. that they have mechanisms that um, where one part of the, the credit card's data changes. Yeah. Frequently, uh, so in, in F&B's case, they change the the CVV number, the, the the three digits on the back that you yes. you know that you have to put in every time you um, transact. Yeah, and every hour they change that at the moment, um, which sounds very inconvenient. But you're not supposed to use this for a, a subscription, although you can if you want to jerk the subscription only for one month and they insist on charging you. <laughs> Every month for 12 months. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you should commit fraud, but, uh, but what's amazing about this is that, uh, amazingly simple and amazingly effective, is that if you do buy something online in a site that you're not 100% sure about, um, you give them the credit card, they take it in, they, oh, this is a nice credit card, they store the data, and then they try to re- reuse it again tomorrow or the next week for some nefarious purpose, mm. which they haven't cleared with you, or you didn't understand the rules and they, they think they can just charge you. We forget about it uh, on the trial, and they try and charge that card, and it will bounce because their CVV that they put in will be wrong. Um, and, I mean, it's what's, what's interesting about it is we kind of, all of us, including even me, you know, who's a tech guy, we kind of used to that a credit card having a physical, yep. being a physical object, but really for quite a while now, for the better part of a decade, mm. There's been actually no reason that we need that physical card. We kind of just have them because we have them. Yes. Uh, because we're kind of all used to them. I mean, remember back in the day we used to have that machine. I mean, I call it a machine, but it was that like that thing where you you uh, put the credit card and into it, it and then you ran that thing yes. over the top of it with a with a slip. Um, <laughs> so you know that's why you used to have to have the raised numbers. You know, and we still have raised numbers on cards, as though we're still going to be taking imprints of cards. You know, like it's the 1980s. Exactly. Um, but if you think about what banks do, right, and, and MasterCard, Visa, is that they, when they make you a card, they go to their database, they go to their computer, and they say, give me a new card number for Kino or a new card number for Alistair. Mm. And you'll notice if you look at your card that it's the first few digits, the first many digits, either 8 or 12, are always the same, and then the last four, eight, uh, 4 or 8 are different. Yeah. So all they're doing is they're just randomly making a, a new card number with a new expiry date and a new CVV. So it doesn't really cost them anything. So yeah. it's a kind of costless thing for the bank. Um, Imagine the poor company that, that produces the cards for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if I was that guy or gal or both, uh, I would be, um, 
I would see the writing was on the wall. Look, it's going to take a while. People mm. are very uh, sentimental and, and yeah. averse to change, as we know, including me. I'm not, uh, I'm not immune to that. Mm. And businesses are also can be quite, you know. Yeah. But you know what a credit card machine does, right? It takes data in and it asks the bank immediately um, or the, the supplier of the credit card, if they're not actually technically a bank, just a financial services company, it says, does this person, are they good for this money? And the uh, the card the the bank says yes, and mm. lo and behold, the transaction happens. The physicality of the card is a, sort of a, an afterthought now. Yes, I mean the, the likes of Apple Pay and Google Pay, uh, which just use your phone and just use an NFC chip, so a little chip where you wave your phone over the yep. over the device. That's already a thing all over the world, and will soon be here. Mm. I think with Discovery Bank, you can use that. Uh, well, you also, I, I think it was Peach Payments that have now integrated Apple Pay as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's only a matter of time before these things mm. become, um, you know, and you, you basically you have your wallet in your phone and your phone is your wallet. Your wallet. So, I mean, so there's some additional stuff around that. Yeah. So if someone steals your wallet, they don't need your fingerprint or your face print to use it, whereas that's the case with most um, high-end smartphones now. Is that you can't just use the phone. You actually have to be able to get into it. So that's actually more secure than your, your wallet, um, than your physical wallet. Although now you need a PIN, of course, for your, for your, uh, for your uh, credit cards as well. But I just think it's an interesting evolution mm. where we're kind of going to have to let go of, of the physicality of these cards if yep. we want to. I mean, I think it probably is just also just a huge waste of, uh, of the Earth's resources to make all these plastic cards and send them around the place every three exactly. years. Exactly. It's, I mean, Again, I can hear the person who does this uh, at scale and has been doing it for thirty years cursing me. But you know, that's the way of that's the way of the, the market and the way of progress. Is this word called disruption? Right. Yes. Yeah. So you can't sit around and go on your knees and pray that it won't happen because it happens, and yes. you have to be there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, um, and I mean, FNB also has a metal card. I don't know. Listen, they, yes. want, they wanted to be charged me a bloody, what was it? I said to them, like, crazy. A thousand rand for it. <laughs> I said, yes. no, thank yes. you. I'll yeah. keep my, 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 um, what's the stuff? Sanitizer beaten, um, yes. card yeah. that can't tap anymore. And I said, I'm not spending a thousand bucks for that. No, um, it's crazy. It's well, I mean, that also speaks to kind of a different, um, um, a different, uh, instinct in humans, right? So, mm. uh, but also kind of a, it's the other side of the coin. So as everything goes digital and digital becomes costless, it also becomes valueless. Mm. Yes. So it's just a, a commodity. Yeah. Kids don't have to go and hunt for LPs in stores anymore like they used to do in the seventies. Mm. Everything's just on uh, on their streaming service, whichever yes. one they use, Spotify or et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, so there's that. But what that means is now people are getting more and more into physical stuff. You know, things exactly. that are. You know, like like actually, vinyl is back. Vinyl records are back in fashion. Mm. Repairing your own motorbike is back in fashion. Uh, and now, a metal card is kind of you know, it's a it's a it's a it's an artifact. Everyone's got a, a plastic credit card, but now you've got this metal credit card that you can wave around and you know has a nice heft to it. 
Um, but yeah, a thousand rand maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit steep for for the, us mere mortals. And I did, yeah, I did say a thousand. I can do so many things with a thousand bucks, and buying a card is definitely <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> so just as much as I love <laughs> FNB, it's my favourite bank. I've been with them since Bob T. I said to them, I said, they said, oh, we can get you a card. I'm like, oh, great. And uh, and by the way, sir, I'm just going to tell you, it's a thousand rand. I'm like, foot sack. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> No way. Absolutely no not. Way. Anyway. No, no, no. But I think, you know, and, and but you, you, we were talking about how things change. I mean, the one thing I don't look forward to um, is, is ever having the fax machine back again. But remember when the fax machine first came out? Yeah. How we were all, wow, check of the paper comes through. No, and, no, it's amazing, hey? Yeah. Uh, absolutely you don't have to amazing. Do things anymore. And, yeah, <laughs> and there was the law had to change and there's all sorts of stuff, right? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's. Uh, Time marches on, uh, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, depending on, on what you happen to be good at doing. Uh, but I just can't really see any good reason for physical credit cards to be a thing in, in, in even 10 years, let alone 20. Well, exactly, exactly, exactly. So let's go to some of your calls. Let's talk about things. And, and this is a lecture chat with Alistair Fairweather, by the way. He is the co-founder of Plain Speak. Um, and maybe talk about the things that you won't miss, the things that we used to have, checkbooks. I mean, the fact that the banks only recently got rid of checkbooks, I mean, it beggars belief at the end of the day. But uh, let's go to Peter. Peter's in Milnerton. How's it? How's it? Good, good. You know, the other day, the guys jammed, jammed my lock and they took my, um, took my wallet mm. and all my credit cards. Oh. And, what, and what they do now is that they, they get one of the machine or they get a mate and they tap them out between 200 and 500. And they just tap that all day, 20 thousand rand off that machine. Sure. So what I would suggest to you, and then I asked him, so what's the story about tapping? Because everybody taps. But once you open the um, app on your phone, you can't not tap anymore. And that's probably just a warning. Not necessarily to open the tap, rather stick the card in. And that way you'll save yourself a lot of money. Yeah, no, absolutely. What do you say to that, Alistair? Yeah, look, I mean, the the banks are learning, uh, but that is a that is a terrible flaw. They should have to have twenty machines to tap twenty uh, twenty times like that, right? Because mm. the, the 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 payment gateway on the other side should should say, why are, is this person spending uh, whatever it was, two hundred or five hundred rand, ten times in a row? Usually, they'll permit you to do that two or three times because it's possible that you forgot something at the grocery store or that you saw another doodad that you wanted to buy at the this, that, or this or that, but it's very unusual for a human to tap 20 times in a row, so that's just bad software. But yes, it's a concern. Look, I mean, they've had to change those cards in Europe because people were uh, walking past other people and scanning their pockets. It's a real modern, modern pickpocket and, uh, and picking up uh, 20 euros that way. But, you know, the banks learn and they get better at this stuff, um, so, so that will improve. But, yeah, I mean, it's, look... The problem is with thieves is that they think about stealing 24-7, whereas your employees at the bank uh, think about stopping them from 9 to 5, um, as my dad always says. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and, also, and also cloning of your card. Uh, I had my garage card cloned as well. Ah, uh, yes. And a guy grabbed it and he cloned the card. And they were buying stuff in uh, 10 minutes' time. They were buying stuff up in Atlantis and all sorts Gee. of places. Yeah, you want to actually get rid of, I would recommend for most people to get rid of a, uh, um, a, a petrol card if you can, mm. because really they're a liability. Um, they kind of have fewer security measures compared yep. to other cards. 
and they can be abused, especially if the if the attendants, um, 99.9% of are really lovely guys, but if, if the 0.1% who are corrupt will help you, then you can buy all sorts of things using that card. That's why most of these guys accept credit cards now. Most of these, these um, the, the Citizens Fashions now accept a credit card because it's got a PIN. Uh, you know, it's, it's, and I just don't see it's another thing that's going to go the way of the of the checkbook is the is the petrol card, right? You didn't used to be able to buy petrol on on credit because of uh, of legislation. As far as I understand, that's completely gone. So yeah, yeah I yeah. would just get rid of that and use a debit card or a credit card if you can. Okay, great call there, Peter. Thanks very much yeah, for thanks, making thanks, it. Peter. Cheers, man. That is Peter in Milneton. I don't know. I mean, just, Alistair, generally speaking, right, where do you see us moving to? Especially now with COVID, I think a lot of things have been accelerated from a digital perspective. What are some of the other physical things that you see making their way out? I know it's not on my list of questions to ask. No, no, sure, sure. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I mean, I, so look, um, uh, anecdote, a friend of mine is, uh, works for a big auditing company and he's mm. in the U.K., uh, sometimes I wonder what I've been doing with my license. I'm not him, but anyway, he's uh, he's very <laughs> clever, um, and he's high enough up there that he's in that partnership. I've been in to make global decisions as well as decisions for the UK branch. They were going to spend 350 million pounds on refitting a building in the centre of London, the city of London, mm-hmm. uh, the, the square mile there by St Paul's. They're not going to do it anymore because um, they've realised accountants and auditors actually work quite well and are disciplined um, and are you know. Uh, adults, and so if you let them work at home 60 or 80% of the time, then you don't need a big 350 million pound refitted office in the centre of London. So if you're a commercial property owner, mm. um, I just don't think that we're, look, we're not going to keep, everyone's not going to be on Zoom, all the knowledge workers are not going to be 99% on Zoom forever, but I don't think we're ever going to go back to um, to completely, uh, to no, no remote at all. I think yeah. a lot of people are going to be 50% or more remote. Uh, I know I think some people so. are just dying to be back in the office, uh, especially if they're not the primary caregiver and they've got small kids. I think, <laughs> uh, I think that's a thing. So I think traffic will be will be lower. I also think that um, uh, we are going to get – it's going to take a little bit longer here, but in major metropolitan cities around the world, like the big cities, uh, New York, Paris, London, the, the global cities, the mayors there are going to start to say that you can't be in the centre of the city with a vehicle unless it's autonomous. Yeah, UK uh, tried I that. that so, I mean, I well, think, yeah. I think that's a. I think that's a thing. Um, that's not really pandemic related, but I think that's going to be a thing by the end of this decade. Uh, if I'm proved wrong, it'll be by the. It'll be by the middle of the next decade in the in the early 30s. Yeah, that sounds like a crazy idea. The 30s. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just think that uh, autonomous vehicles are coming along. Um, and then, of course, there's the big there's the big issue in the world, which is that a lot of the jobs I've just actually just been talking about, some of the lower end people in something like auditing or uh, admin, are going to start to get replaced by technology. And those white quote unquote white collar jobs, what the Americans call white collar jobs, the office jobs, uh, where you don't get your hands dirty, um, where you need a certain level of education to to get them, a, a degree, a degree or a diploma. Those are now in danger in a way that they've never been before. All of this lovely AI that is currently, yeah, teach, uh, you know, putting puppy noses on your kids when they're looking at at uh, Snapchat yep. and uh, TikTok. That that kit is going to be used to balance the books for uh, the medium-sized company that currently is your small is your biggest client. Yep. Yeah. You know, so you have to just bear that in mind. 
Uh, here's a good point, and I agree. Um, and I also can't understand why you can't do it the Blinken QR code. Um, time for virtual driver's licenses too. Um, and, oh, yeah, sure, yeah. You know, I mean, why can't I just have a QR code on my windscreen? And Absolutely. I scan it, and it tells me this is the make, this is the model. Um, and, and verifies, even puts up a picture of what the car looks like. I don't know. And um, traffic officers can then check to see whether it's valid or not. Yet we have to go through this painstaking, sure, carrot, yeah, carrot up the bum process, which is just not... Well, if you have that QR code, you also never need to change it, right? Because exactly. then it's dynamic. And it just says to the database, is this person um, cheating or not? And if they're not cheating, then easy peasy. Mm. And I mean, look at that. Like, digital passports... Uh, need to be a thing uh, at some point. Uh, Anyone who says they can be faked has never watched uh, or read a a spy novel, Um, you know, because like there's an industry in faking world passports around the world, and clearly it works. Um, Otherwise, there would be no terrorism, etc. And you talk about driver's license. I mean, the the driver's license cards that we have are a relic, really. I mean, like, oh, no, but it's got your picture on it and your your thumbprint. It's like, whew. What does that mean compared to the stuff that you can put on a phone, right? I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Like, if I mean, how is that person going to go, hold on, I'm a forensic expert in fingerprints. Yeah, Let's have a look at your finger. I mean, ah, here's, great. Here's the worst picture of you that was ever taken and was taken five years ago, you know? And you exactly. didn't have a beard. Like, that's definitely, that's, I mean, these things are not exactly, you know, perfect. Uh, we just need to remember, so sometimes things, certain things are better for voting in elections, especially if you're Americans, you want pen and paper. That works better because it's, it's impossible to hack and it's really important. But driver's license cards, credit cards, these sorts of things where you can query a database, um, yeah. you know, just let, the, let the, the bits and bytes do what they're good at and stop yeah. pretending that this physical card that you carry around in your place every three years is yeah. I mean, Hay- actually better. Hayden makes a very good point, right? And it's already possible to do this. Um, he says this will all be on blockchain one day. Um, you know, distributed ledgers with all that information on. Um, sure. I mean, with- look, not everything is uh, is blockchainable or needs to be blockchain, but say the deeds office is a great example of something that should be on the blockchain. Yeah. There's no good reason that um, the fact that I own this house needs to be uh, stamped with uh, – I mean, you go to those conveyances and they get out that seal <laughs> and they put the sealing wax on. I mean, that is literally – 16th century guild stuff. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. That's what no, I'm, you're right. I'm not saying that no. for effect. That is, in fact, where that comes from. It's like sealing wax. My goodness. We need to get rid of that nonsense. And then, they, you know, if you have a blockchain with everyone's houses on it, then you can look up who owns what. Um, and that's actually a good thing. You know, you need to know when people own property. So, and you need to know when your property is transferred to you that it happens as soon as the payment goes through and not via this convoluted overwork admin clock in the bowels of some building somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alistair, we're going to leave it there, mate. As always, great chatting to you. Alistair Fairweather, uh, Plain Speak, the co-founder there. And just give us the website. Come, I love shameless plugs. Plain Speak the Coza. So P-L-A-I-N and then S-P-E-A-K, Plain Speak. Okay, PlainSpeak.coza. Go and check it out.